Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. And today as we come around the word, you know, wow, what worship. Did you notice that as we started to worship, something shifted in the room? I don't know what's going on in your life, but for me, when I start to worship, I remember a big God. I remember that it doesn't matter what I don't have. It doesn't matter about my failures. It doesn't matter if I'm no good at something. All I got to do is look up. That's all I got to do. And I don't know about you, but last year was a pretty crazy year, wasn't it? And, you know, I have actually waited a little while. Like every time David said, it's your turn up, I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and I let someone else come. I let someone else come because God's been... <laughs> He's been speaking to me, and you know, what I'm going to share today is really just something very, very simple. It's something that speaks to my heart. That, you know, we come back from holidays in January, and the first Sunday we were excited, David was about to preach. (laughs) And guess what? We ended up in quarantine. (laughs) We had to stay home. And I said, Lord, what is this about? What is this about? Because it's the second time. It happened to us last year as well. And when things happen a lot, you've got to take notice. What is God saying? And, um, you know, he was just saying, stop. Stop. And he was saying, you know, you can't guarantee anything about this year. So don't plan. (laughs) But position. Okay. Position yourself for what is about to come. And I have a word for you today that I just believe will strengthen and fortify your faith. Because it strengthened and fortified my faith. (laughs) And it's come out of that place where, you know, sometimes you don't feel strong and sometimes you don't feel you've got it all together and sometimes you don't feel like you can see what's next. And then he reminds you about something. One, he reminds you who you are. We're sons and daughters. That's pretty cool. David last week started to speak about inheritance that has been unclaimed, by the way. It's time we start claiming our inheritance. You know, he started to telling us about how a seat was established in heavenly places. Like, do we know that? What does that look like? Then that means there's things that are ours that we can take. But what I don't understand is sometimes when I found myself in, was I lost my way a little bit. And I was reminded that when I used to ride horses, and you know, I love horses and I love to ride, and would go for jumps and I had this instructor and it was a male, and the males always push you a little bit further. And he'd say to me, well first he'd say, shut your eyes. I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. Jump would be really high. And then he would say to me, do not look down. Don't look down. Look to where you need to go next. And the moment I looked up and looked to the next jump, guess what? And miraculously, I found myself in front of the next jump, ready to go again. Look to the next one. And so I, I felt like God was saying the same thing to me. He said, Claire, your focus will determine your destination and your destiny. The things that you look at, um, you know, will either take you on course or off course. And I remember I had a son, uh, one of my sons, actually, where's Matt's here? It wasn't Matt. All three of my sons wrote their car off, all three of them. And one of them, he wrote his car off, and I thought, you know what, he was a really good driver. I'm like, how did you write your car off? And you know what he said to me? He said, Mum, I leant over, because at that point they use iPods, I leant over to get my music and put my iPod on, and the next thing I found myself in a ditch. Whew, okay, that can happen to us, church. Okay, we can lose the focus of who Jesus is. And guess what? We find ourselves in a ditch. We have to define our focus. And so my message today is about focus. (laughs) Do you know that it's all about Jesus? I don't 
don't have to preach anything but Jesus today. Okay, that's all I'm going to talk about is Jesus, because he's all you need. And, and you know, <laughs> last year, we felt that the church was going through a reset, didn't we? But you know what? We're the church, so individually he reset our hearts. January, he started to reset my heart, and you know what he wanted to reset it to? Jesus being the one thing, the main thing, the only thing, his presence. Do you know, in the early church, all they did was talk about Jesus. That's it. That was the message. Jesus, come close, listen to his gospel, look what he did for you, and believe in him and you'll be saved. That's what they preached. And I pray that the glory of his name, his name, would be the center of what our life turns around. That we'd come back to that. Come back to Jesus today. Let's find out who he is. Read your Bible. If you don't know who he is, start in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's all about Jesus, okay? I believe this year, and I think all of us this morning have felt something in the air. Have you felt something in the air? Okay, God is calling his church to bold faith, reckless faith, calling us to go and claim those inheritances that David talked about. It's going to take crazy, wild faith to do something different than what you've done before. And can I tell you, just on a side note, as I was about to get up, I heard the words, ditch the script. Okay, now I, I, I know he wasn't just talking to me, but what I felt him say, ditch the script, the narrative that's been spoken over your life today needs to be ditched. God wants to give you a new story and a new narrative, and it is a new day and a new chapter. Okay, as you know, when I begin the year, I always pray and ask God to speak to me, and he gave me so much this year, I can't even, I, can't, I cannot give you all the things he's spoken to me about, but two of the things he said, two words. First word was greater, and he reminded me of the scripture that says, a person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles in these, because I go to be with my Father. And the second word he told me was prayer. He said to me, it's time to ask. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready to ask? Yes. Are there some inheritance you want to claim? Yes. Me too, me too. And all holidays, you know, everywhere I went, I saw eagles, like not just one, honestly, ridiculous amount of eagles. And I said, God, what is this? And he said, you know what, Clay? He said, I'm raising, I'm not raising chickens. I'm raising eagles. I'm raising those who will take the invitation to go up higher and to see what I see and come into those heavenly realms and call forth what heaven has sitting there waiting for us. He said, it's you and me. I believe that we're stepping into an era of unprecedented miracles. We are stepping into a place where we're going to see things we've only dreamed about. And I also believe that we're going to see things that we stopped praying about. And he's going to answer the prayers that we stopped praying. <laughs> Are you excited? Like just a little bit? Because guess what? He's going to use you and me. Okay, he wants to use us and he's going to use people who breathe, live, feast and walk upon the word of God and who know what it is to fix their eyes on Jesus and nothing else. No distractions. He wants us to find our intimacy in Jesus above anything else. Let our focus be him and nothing else. Let's magnify Jesus in 2021. Let that be that everyone who walks in this house says, you know what, they're going to be preaching about Jesus. <laughs> And so, you know, I realized that what we focus on grows. And it's so important to set the lens on your life because if you don't, do you know what happens? Have we got one? Have we got a couple of photos up there? If you don't set the lens on your life and focus, oh, have you ever taken a photo fail? Is there any others up there? Oh, sorry, soul. 
we got the, we, we got the, the thing, the chair. <laughs> and you know, Matt is here today, and uh, Matt is um, Caitlin's husband and my son, if you don't know. But Matt is a photographer and does a lot of the media and all these things that you see on screen, Matt does that. And, oh, you saw smiling because that was him, wasn't it? Um, and Matt sets, I've watched him with his camera. He takes a bit of time to set the focus. He knows what he wants to capture, and so he very precisely puts time into setting that focus. Really important to do that. It's, all, it's so important that we don't miss what God is calling us to do in this season, and he's calling us to come in close. He said, don't let anyone else set the focus for your life. Don't let words, don't let labels, don't let anything else set what you should be focusing on. You know, the Hebrew, the Hebrew or the author of Hebrews, it's one of my favorite verses in Hebrews 12, talks about the cloud of witnesses and talks about the race and how the race is a marathon. I mean, that, that word alone says to you, watch out, get ready. Like, <laughs> have endurance, have perseverance. But it goes on, he goes on to say, and he says, it's time, if you want to finish your race well, let go of the wounds, let go of the sin, let go of all those things that are going to trip you up. And he says, this is what we're to do. Hebrews 12, 2 says, we look away from the natural realm. Okay, look away from what's happening here today in your life. Look away from that natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us, who leads us forward into faith perfection. Because why? How did Jesus do this? Jesus was focused. When he was on the cross, guess what he focused on? You and I. The joy that was set before us. He had a fixed focus. He, he fastened his gaze. He singled out what he was looking at. And he had precise precision focus on where he was going. And that was to bring freedom to you and I. So good, hey? Yeah, some of those scriptures, when I look them up, they said fasten or fix. And <laughs> fasten actually means to single out someone or something, concentrate on them obsessive, obsessively. And I just thought fatal attraction. <laughs> Let's have a fatal attraction to Jesus. <laughs> like, think about it. Imagine if all you can talk about is Jesus. All you can talk about is what Jesus did. Like, how, don't you think that's what the disciples were like? I mean, we talk about the early church. Do you want to be the early church? Well, you're going to have to get a little bit radical about Jesus. Wow. You know, I received a message this week, and it was from a young girl. And funny enough, it was actually on Friday, and I was writing this message and she's um, in recovery at the moment, and her story is huge, her battle is big, but this is what she sent me. And you know, I just said to her, how are you going? Because I know it's a hard road. And this is what she wrote, she said, it's very up and down, but just trying to ride the waves out. If I keep my eyes on God, the plans and the plans he has for my future, it really helps. However, as soon as I take my eyes off him, I struggle a lot more. Focus is powerful. Did you get that, church? If I keep my eyes on God and the plans he has for my future, it really helps. Maybe. Doesn't, and you know what? I have been a Christian a long time. Christmas time, I lost my focus a little bit. I got tired. I got weary. And you know, when you do that, you start to look down. And I tell you, every time I rode a horse and I looked down, I fell off. <laughs> do you know how we walk forward? Look up, fix your eyes. So today, we're actually going to talk about a woman. And she was known in the Bible as a woman who suffered greatly. So if you're in the room and you've suffered, Jesus loves to cause people from their suffering and call them out. She was also known with the woman of, with an issue. <laughs> so if 
you got an issue, you're in the right place today, okay? She was known as a woman with the issue of blood. So we're going to read from Mark 5, 24 to 28. Just bear with me. It's a story. So just lean into the story. Now in the crowd that day was a woman who'd suffered horribly from continual bleeding for 12 years. She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors. Yet in spite of spending all she had on their treatments, she was not getting better, but worse. When she heard about Jesus' healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up from behind him and touched his prayer shawl. For she kept saying to herself, if only I could touch his clothes, I know I will be healed. As soon as her hand touched her, touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel her body instantly being healed of her disease. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him, for he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd, and he said, who touched me? His disciples answered, what do you mean who touched you? Look at this huge crowd. They're all pressing up against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd, looking for the one who had touched him for healing. When the woman who experienced this miracle realized what had happened to her, she came before him trembling with fear and threw herself down at his feet saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him her story of what had just happened. And then Jesus said to her, daughter, because you dare to believe your faith has healed you, go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. You know, this woman had been suffering for 12 years. And for us, you know, every woman can sympathize, sympathize with what she was feeling and what she went through. But can we? Because we didn't live in the ancient Eastern culture. Okay, and to really understand, we have to understand that culture. And there's laws that God gave his people in Leviticus. And those laws said that they were actually there to protect the people. They were there to keep them in good hygiene. They were there just to, um, to keep his people safe. It was always about relationship. It was never about anything but that. But because the culture had taken them as law, they had actually used them to judge, reject, and isolate. And so what the law said that was when a woman's regular monthly flow, she was considered unclean for seven days in that time. Now, anywhere she sat, anything she touched was unclean. And if anybody went and sat where she had sat or touched where she had been, they were also declared unclean. And every month... When the woman had finished her, her monthlies, she was only clean when she actually came and brought an offering to the, of two turtle doves or two pigeons to the, the, the temple. And it had to be a ritual sacrifice type of thing. And so this woman had been in that state of unclean for 12 years. Now, because the homes were small, you know what they used to do? They'd actually put them into solitary confinement. So can you imagine? I don't know about you last year. Last year, COVID, we were kind of a little bit of solitary confinement. <laughs> How well did we go? Okay, we'd maybe, we didn't have church for maybe six months. Did we like it? Twelve years. Okay, she knew what it was to suffer. She knew what it was to not belong and not to fit and not to have a place. She didn't have anything really to, to be joyful about. She was rejected by man, and I believe she would have felt a lot of shame. She spent everything she had to try and get better. And then, and don't you love it that God never leaves us there? His story goes on and he says, well, I'm writing the story. Remember, he's the author and finisher of our faith. So he writes our narrative now and he doesn't leave it there. Somebody, someone like maybe Esther, who's an evangelist, told her about Jesus. He said, guess what? Everywhere Jesus goes, there's this power emanating from him. And if no one else can help you, I reckon he could. So you know what this woman does? She sets her gaze. 
She's like, I need to get into his presence. I need to focus. She set her focus on Jesus. And she knew that he was the only one that carried the power to set her free. And you know what I love about this? Because this is my first point and we may only get to one today. (laughs) Desperation. Desperation is a gift. If you are desperate, I'm telling you, that is the fastest way to get into God's presence. Because when you're desperate, okay, can you imagine how much people despised her? Like, you smell, you stink, you can't come where we are. You're just, no, you're not, you're not welcome. That's what she would have felt. And then she hears about Jesus, and now she probably had the worst social anxiety of anybody. Think about it. Twelve years, not allowed to go anywhere. And when she did, everybody would run away and call her unclean. And this woman sets her gaze. Wow. Who she said her gaze on? Jesus. I just got to get into his presence. If I can get into his presence, everything's going to change. And so the crowd is all around and they're trying to touch him. And what does she do? I mean, I was thinking about, I thought she'd probably put a hoodie on. Because, <laughs> you know, like when you've got a hoodie on, everyone can see that, but you feel like they can't. <laughs> and, and then she, you know what she did? And I love this because she pushed through the crowd. And I imagine that when she pushed, she got down low, okay? Because I believe in your desperate moments, your next encounter with Jesus is going to come out of your hardest moments. I don't know what you're going through today, but it's a gift if you are desperate. It's a gift. And so she started to push and press through the crowd because she had one thing in her sight. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. You know, I don't know if you've heard this, but there's an acronym for push. Pray until something happens. Okay, that word God gave me at the beginning of the year, okay, prayer. On that same night, he reminded me of what Shane Willard speaks about, the Hebrew word of prayer. He says, prayer is a turning of the head to the one who can carry the load. This woman pushed and pressed. And I don't know about you, but I have had times in my life where there has been desperation and particularly over my children, particularly over people in my world that I love. And when you see them suffering and I've felt that that desperation to push and to pray until something happens. And can I tell you church, 2021 is a year to get on your knees and to pray because that's how you claim your inheritance in heaven is as you pray. Learn how to pray. If you don't know how to pray, just start talking to Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I need you. You see, her focus then became, I am so desperate to get into that intimate place with Jesus because it's only close up. I am not willing to be on the sidelines. I'm not willing to watch someone else do and get a miracle. I need my miracle. So I'm going to push and I'm going to press in. Church prayer is a place where you need to find yourself tonight, today, this year, every night. (laughs) Second point, breakthrough comes from intimacy. Okay, as she touched him, immediately her bleeding stopped. Do you know what? There were a whole heap of people in that crowd. And there's a whole heap of people in this room, okay? But it was only one who got a miracle, okay? Do you know, what did she touch? I actually brought this for you today. She touched his prayer shawl. This is actually mine. I was given it as a gift. So the Jewish men would wear this prayer shawl, okay? It was the most valuable piece of, of clothing that they had. And they'd wear it around their shoulders, and they'd put it around their shoulders. But this, and this is also written in the Bible, okay? 
It's called a tallit. The, the Hebrew word is called a tallit. And they would put this around their shoulders and over their head when they came to pray. And on the end of every corner, they had what they call, and if anyone's Hebrew here, I'm probably going to get it wrong. They called it a, and I just said, it, it's called a zitzit. <laughs> That's probably wrong. <laughs> but on every corner was a fringe, okay? And what they would do is they held this around their shoulders. They would grab hold of the four fringes. And do you know what the four fringes represented? The commandments and promises of God. So as they prayed... And as they pushed and as they pressed, they held on to the word of God, to the promises of God, to the commandment of God that came out of relationship. They said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. They held on to every promise he said that he would break through for them, that he had a heart for his people, that he was a God that when they cried out, he would hear them. And as they prayed, as she pushed, guess what she did? She said, I'm reaching for that. This is what I'm reaching for, the promise of God. How powerful is that, church, as you pray this year? Reach for your promise. What is your promise? As I've prayed for my children, I have taken the Word of God and I have declared the Word of God. The Word says, if you will declare a thing, it shall be established. The Word of God is so powerful. And as she reached for that tassel, those tassels, she said, she spoke. Okay, she spoke. She said, only I can touch the hem of his garment. I will be healed. She looked to where she wanted to go. She declared, this is mine. I'm a daughter. I'm going for this. Wow, how powerful. Do you know that the Hebrew, we've stepped into a new era, a new decade. And then the Hebrew, they say that the new decade in Hebrew is the year of the pay, P-E-H. And P-E-H, pay, means mouth. This is a year where your mouth does not stay shut. This is a year where you get the Word of God, you start to learn it, you start to memorize it, you say, God, what is my problem? My promise that you want me to push and press in for? What do you say over my situation? I'm going to take hold of it. I'm going to push in with it. I'm going to declare it because I might not be there yet, but I'm reaching for it and I'm going to align my reach with the Word of God because my Bible tells me that not one promise in this Bible is devoid of power. Not one. And he says, if anyone would believe, all things are possible. And then he says that the Word of God in Isaiah, he says, my Word will not return void. It will accomplish everything I sent it to do. How powerful is that? Do you know that in the Hebrew culture, and I think, I think our culture has really missed this, they knew what the prophecies of the, of the Old Testament said. They memorized them. They knew that in Jeremiah it said, if you will seek me, and you'll seek me with all your heart that you'll be found by me. So she knew, even though society was rejecting her, if she sought after God, James even told us, if you would draw near to God, he would draw near to you. And she knew if she pressed in for God, there was a promise she could hold off and he would not find her wanting. He would provide everything she needed. And she also knew that in Malachi it said that the Saviour would come. Malachi 4.2 it says that the Saviour would come with healing in his wings. What did she reach out for? See, the commentaries say that these four corners were like the wings of Jesus. And she reached out for those wings. Don't you love that? You know, Proverbs tells us that the Word of God would be life and healing to all our flesh. I like that. I think this year... If you would find your promise, we need to have a faith declaration. And that faith declaration needs to say, my God said it. I believe it. And I'm not moving from it until I see it. This is what that woman did. 
She pushed and she pressed and she declared what she wanted to see. I believe, church, that the enemy puts in fear in our life. He puts so much fear around us. He tells us in the middle of the night, he says, what if, what if this happens? What if that doesn't happen? What if you're believing for this and it doesn't happen? And he starts to speak to us. Now, we get a choice in that moment. We can believe the fear or we can say, get thee behind me, Satan, okay? Because what happens when we start to make an agreement with what he says in the fear, we get weakened. We don't get stronger, we get weakened. Everything seems worse. He takes us into these dark shadows. But what we've got to do is shift our focus. We've got to fix our eyes on Jesus. And you know, if you are in war, don't feed the hand of the enemy. Okay, the moment you agree with fear, dread, and all the bad things that are going to happen, that's when you start to lose that strength. And we begin to get discouraged. We get weary. And we're like, it's too hard, it's too much, because you know what, we've made agreement with the wrong side. And the worst thing about that is we forget who we are. We are king's kids. We have inheritance. We have power available to us. There are so many good things. And you know what I notice that what happens to me is I start to speak about the storm, not to the storm. Like God's calling us to call that storm, be still. Be quiet. We have authority on that. And can I encourage you, church, that when you are going through a struggle and you're suffering, do not speak your struggle. Speak the promise over your struggle. Okay? Speak life over what God wants to do. Come up here and see what heaven sees because he sees a really big, big picture. And often through our struggle, he's getting us strong. Okay, to be the sons and daughters of the kingdom, to be the very image bearers of Jesus. The disciples took Jesus everywhere. They actually knew that those disciples had been with Jesus. Why? Because they actually carried power. Like, wow. And that's my third point. When you come close to God, you're going to carry power. She reached out, and as she reached out and touched him, what does the Bible say? Jesus felt power leave him and go through someone for healing. Don't you want that power to flow through you? So I read this and I was like, Lord, how come all the other people who were touching him didn't get the power flowing through them? Yes. Like, you know, we can be in this room. Some of you might be going, I can feel God. And others are like, nothing. Do you know what? I've been around you too long. <laughs> okay, you know what the difference was? She touched him in faith. Okay. Faith will always attract heaven to us. It's the currency of heaven. Jesus said, if you will believe, all things are possible. And he also says in Hebrews, and my favorite, favorite chapter is Hebrews 11. It talks about all those who've gone before us in the race. And it said, talks about faith power. Faith power. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Don't try and work this thing out in your head, okay? You might have walked in here and said, this Jesus thing, this presence of God, what is it? Don't try and work it here. Okay, it is all Holy Spirit. It's coming into another realm. And if you've done any science, I was talking to a girl yesterday who's, she's a science whiz, and she's in all these quantum physics and all these different realms, and we're not even aware of them, and that has been a ploy of the enemy. We've got to step into another realm. It's a heavenly realm where anything is possible to those who believe. Do you know we need faith people around us? We need people telling us, guess what? This is not your narrative. No. We've got a big God, okay? And I love, this is my favorite one, Hebrews 11:33. 33. 
It says through faith power. They conquered kingdoms, established true justice. Their faith fastened on. They fixed their, their gaze on their promise. They pulled them into reality. It was faith that shut the mouth of lions, put out the power of raging fire, caused many to escape certain death by sword in their weakness. Are you feeling weak today? All you need is faith. Faith imparted power to make them strong. Faith sparked courage within them and they became, church, I pray this over you. They became mighty warriors in battle, pulling armies from another realm into battle array. Faith-filled women saw their dead children raised in resurrection power. Acts 1.8 says, all of you should know this. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is us, church. We shall receive power. You know, and this is one I really love. It's Acts 5.15. Have we got it up there? Okay. When people knew Peter was going to walk by, they carried the sick out to the streets and laid them down on cots and mats, knowing the incredible power emanating from him would overshadow them and heal them. Do you know that word power there is dunamis? Dunamis, we get our word dynamite from it. Think about that. That's the power. Explosive power to work. Miracles happen when we come into that close, intimate place with Jesus, when he becomes our one thing, our main thing. When we get up in the morning and we say, Jesus, I just want to be close to you. Jesus, I just need your presence. Jesus, I'm going to push through distractions today. Jesus, I'm going to push through shame. I'm going to push through my fear today. And I'm going to come into your presence because I need to carry that power because there's people in my world that need the power of Jesus. They need to know that you still save, you still heal, and you still deliver. So church is up to you and I, but we've got to come in close. We've got to come in close. You don't want to be an audience in this season, I'm telling you. Intimacy with Jesus is everything. And I don't know about you, but I tell you what, my greatest problem is my telephone. Put it down. Put it down. And then people People need stuff. Even my dog, I go to read my Bible, my dog starts moaning. And then I hear clomp, 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 and he comes looking for me. I'm like, leave me alone. I need to press into Jesus. Well, I find it hard to say no to him. (laughs) But you know, church, I can't impress this enough on you. In this new season, if we're to position ourselves and prepare for what's next, it is not, I mean, coming together is so powerful. But imagine if all of us, all week, from Monday to Saturday, we pressed in to Jesus to find his presence, to know him, to stand on our promise like we've never done before. You know that change everyone's saying, oh, you know, everything's going to change. You know the change is going to come in you and I? It's going to come in us when we become alive and awake to who Jesus is when he becomes so real to you that you cannot go a day without feeling his breath upon your cheek. When you wake up and you say, Jesus, I can't go this day without you. Jesus, I'm not getting onto this platform without you, Jesus. Jesus, I'm not going out and I'm not going to share about you unless you're right next to me. And you know, I can tell you, I've heard in the last three days, miracles. Okay, crazy miracles I've heard. And not just that, I've heard people asking me, I was just doing something frivolous, like getting my nails done. <laughs> and I have talked to this girl for such a long time about Jesus, but not, not really found any, you know, response. And I sit down on, what night day was it? Friday afternoon or Thursday afternoon. And she starts saying to me, can you tell me about your church? Can you tell me? Tell me what, tell me what happens. Tell me. 
And she, she started to ask me about Jesus. And I'm like, I've waited a long time for this Jesus, but I was ready. I'm telling you, I was ready. I'm like, yes, I can tell you about my Jesus. Tanil had the same thing happen to her yesterday in surface. Oh, Esther, amazing things happening as those are going out of that intimate place with Jesus and just sharing his goodness. And the atmosphere is changing over our city, people. You know why? Because prayer has started to happen over our city. We're like, we're not prepared just to do church. We want to actually see the power of God, the dynamite power flow in and through us. And it's found in the secret place. And my question to you today is, what's stopping you from getting into the secret place? Okay, I know what was stopping me. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's fear that maybe he won't speak to you. Or maybe it's shame. Maybe you don't feel worthy. Or maybe, like for her, it actually was the the culture. She told her she didn't have a right to go in there, but she pushed past the culture. She pushed past the distractions. She pushed past every hard place to get to Jesus because she knew he was the answer. And church, what would happen if that was a posture for you and I for 2021? What would happen in this room if you and I went into the secret place every day? Said, Jesus, you're my one thing, you're my main thing. All I need today is to hear from you because you know what? This goes on, this story. And Jesus stopped. She touches him and he stops because there's this intense focus on his presence cause heaven to go, who is that? Like, I'm like, I want to be that person, God. Who is that? She touched me and power flew through. And, and Jesus didn't go looking for her. He was just walking. This woman pushed through and she got his attention. And when she got his attention, she, he said, who touched me? And now she has her greatest battle. Okay, because who touched me? She's in a crowd that she has pushed through. Every single person she's touched, they think she is unclean. She's going to be despised. And you know what else? See this talent? The only people that could touch this in a man's family, well, in a man was his family. Those immediate family were the only ones that could touch this. And what did Jesus ask her? Who touched me? He was exposing what she did. Now, she had a choice then, run away, because this is what shame does. Shame says, whoa, nope, lights on me, I'm out of here. Or she could step forward to Jesus, which is what she did. She had brave, bold faith, crazy faith. She stood up and said, it was me. And she falls on her knees before him. And David said that, would you fall on your knees before Jesus today? Would you go to that place? And she did. She falls on her knees and she said, it was me. And Jesus spoke something to her that she could never, ever have dreamed he would have done. Now, just remember, the whole crowd says, you now are unclean, and that means Jesus is, and that means all we are, and we do not like you one bit. And Jesus turns around, and Jesus says, daughter, daughter. Immediately, he gave her permission to every promise that he held, every part of his kingdom. He said, welcome in, daughter. And everyone in that crowd knew, crowd knew that he was no longer, she was no longer unclean. He restored her back to honor. He restored her place back to this, into society as a woman. And he called her daughter and he said, you are part of my family and you are healed. You are healed. That word was sozo, saved, healed and delivered. That word means not just 
just healing my physical body. He went in and he saved her spiritually. He gave her eternal life. And then he saved, he healed her body. And then he delivered her from every spirit of shame, every limitation that had been over her life, keeping her small, keeping in a place of solitary confinement. Every part of that was broken in that moment. And he says, daughter, go in peace. Your suffering is no more. That's what Jesus does, church. Are you excited that this is the God we serve? Do you want to be the one? Do you want to be the one that touches him out of a crowd where there's a whole pile and only one had power flow through them? I want to be that one, Jesus. I want to, it's going to cost you something, church. Okay, it's going to cost you something. It's not going to look the same. You might even be a little bit radical and you might even end up dancing in church. You might even, can I tell you, there was an, I was in a very dark season. And every single morning I got up and I had this little book called Scripture Keys. And I believed in the power of the Word. I was brought up to believe the power of the Word is more powerful than anything else. Any diagnosis, any doctor, anyone labels put put on you, that Word is more powerful than that. And I was in a very dark place. I was very sick. And every morning I would get up and I would read these Scriptures. (laughs) And have you ever been so desperate that you do something and you're like, I'm waiting now. I need it yesterday. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And then just one day, one day, I happened to be in church. And because I was going through such a hard time, I was in the back of the church. I had Kezi, a little baby, I think. And I was at the back of the church. And this man came to preach. And I don't even know what he preached. I can't even tell you. But something inside of me had been so desperate for a breakthrough. Something inside of me said, Jesus, I need you. And he opened up the altar. I tell you, I ran. I literally ran. Now, David was an elder in the church. We were both in high leadership. I could not have cared less who saw me. I wanted Jesus so badly. I needed Jesus so badly. I needed breakthrough like nothing. And so I ran to the front and this man came up and he did, I didn't even know what he said to me. He put his hand on me. I flew back. And I was like, oh my goodness, something happened. I landed on the ground. And I think, I don't know how long I sobbed for, three months? <laughs> it was a while. I sobbed and I sobbed. All of a sudden, that breakthrough came. <laughs> that breakthrough came because I had been pressing in every day. Jesus, you are my answer. Jesus, you are the one. You're the only one. I had had diagnosis from doctors. I had been given medication. I had all these things. And I said, Jesus, I can't preach a a message that is not real. I have to know your power. I have to be able to be able to say to someone, listen, he can set you free. I have to believe it because I've lived it. And church, this is where we're at. This is where we're at, okay? Don't look at the natural, okay? We're coming back to normal and COVID and all this stuff. We're so not normal in the things of the Spirit. There's a wake up. When Jesus called this woman daughter, what he was doing, he was saying, come and take your inheritance. Come and take what's yours. Come and be the woman I always called you to be. No longer a slave to fear. No longer under limitations. The daughter that's meant to walk free and whole. So church, I don't know what you've come into. Musicians can come back up. I don't know where you find yourself today. You know, I really prayed for you over, as I prepared this because I know that you don't need my voice. You only need the voice of the Holy Spirit. You don't need my strategy. You just need heaven's strategy for your breakthrough, for your situation. But can I tell you, I know where it's going to be found. It's going to be found at the feet of Jesus. And, you know, I did have a breakthrough in a service but a lot of the
pushing and the pressing came every morning and every night as I cried out to Jesus. And what he did for me, he'll do to you for you because he loves us. His heart has always been that we'd be in relationship and that we'd come close. And how we come close is sometimes we've got to push past some things, push past the old labels, push past the hard places, push past the distractions, push past the, gosh, I don't feel like it today. No, we're going to push past because we know Jesus has all, my, all the answers. And this year, I hope that everything we preach is Jesus. I pray that we would be, he would be our one thing, our main thing, our everything. And I pray that you'd be so in love with Jesus, so in love with Jesus that wherever you go, people are going to say, can you tell me about this Jesus? And it's going to be the most natural thing because we've spent every moment we possibly can in his presence. And so we're going to be like the disciples that as we walk, his power is going to emanate out of us. We're going to walk into the greater things than these. Because guess what? Highway Gilston, we dared to believe. We took hold of the promise. We spoke nothing else but our promise. And our reach aligned with His Word. And so today, I don't know where you are, but I feel like, I feel like He wants to meet you. I feel like maybe today you need to push past something. And if that's you, if that's you, come up. Don't let shame hold you back. Shame will tell you you are wrong. I tell you, it will tell you that you're not enough. Do not go there. Maybe push past something today. And if you would like prayer, we'd love to pray. It'd be an honour to pray for you today. And if you would like prayer, we're going we're gonna to sing something. And before we do, um, actually, no, let's sing. And if you would like prayer and you want to push past something, you want some limitation broken off you, come to the altar. Jesus is going to meet you there.